welcome to TARDIS Tropes. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. We're your companions, and we're taking another trip on the TARDIS to time and space. To a, a land where there's some actually pretty decent Doctor Who episodes. Pretty decent, but it's a lot easier to talk about them now because they have very apparent flaws that I can just point to. Yeah. Which makes me excited because... At least I can hate Kerblam from a perspective that makes sense to me, which I couldn't for, for Demons of the Punjab. Because, you know, I, I was like, I don't know why this isn't doing it for me. But for Kerblam, I know exactly why I hate it. And it's All the right. ending. Oh, it's the ending? Oh, it's the ending. All right. All right, David. Let's, let's talk about Kerblam and why you hate it. Let's, let's do a quick little recap, though. You know, do you, do you want to hit us with the recap? Uh, sure. All right. So they get a package on the TARDIS. Uh, there's a fez in it, which is a dumb joke. Um, call back. Call back. Uh, <laughs> and then on the packing slip, there's a note that says, help me. And so they have to go infiltrate Space Amazon to figure out why the fuck someone is asking for help. Kerblamazon. Uh, Kerblamazon. Um, and everything's like automated, but then people are disappearing and then it turns out everyone's disappearing because a dude is blowing them up and using the system to no, do it. No, he wasn't blowing them up, was he? It was like the system was blowing them up to show, to teach him a lesson about not blowing people up. No, they blew her up, the last girl, to Oh, teach but him the other lesson. ones were him. The other ones was him mm. hijacking the system. Right, and like testing out his his strategy for murder. Yeah. Um. So then we the the reveal is you know it, it's a big it's this big twist that it's like we thought that it was the system that was killing people and the evil and we business to find people. Out why. You know, like we we looked to like the CEOs and like the middle manager types and like. They weren't at fault. They were just trying to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, got to go down to the, the mainframe and see, like, why is the system screwing up? Is the system evil? And then Doctor, Doctor Who looks straight into camera and tells us, guys, it's okay. Capitalism is fine. <laughs> the real bad, bad guy is leftist terrorism. Yep. It's not That's great. Why I don't like this episode. I agree. I agree. I like my notes for this are like, okay, this seems pretty cut and paste. Like Amazon's bad, businessmen are evil, but then it kept proving that wrong, but not in any sort of interesting way. Just like being like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> it it the the way that like. I think about it is it's like the whole episode is building up to this ending where you find out that the real problem with capitalism and you know, the problem with automation is that capitalism itself is a stupid and flawed system in, at least in the world that they've built, mm -hmm. you know, they've established that the work that people are doing is completely pointless. It's, it's labor without any heart or, or love or effort in it. It's just the, the literal programming of humans to behave like machines. Yeah. You know? 
Well, it's, so, it's labor for its own sake. Right. So, like, within the context of the episode, it's revealed that, um, like, 10% of the workforce has to be human because there's huge unemployment rates. Um, yeah, they said 90% of Earth is unemployed. And then presumably, like, 5% is, like, you know, in, like, upper management, or, or maybe yeah. even closer to, like, 1% is upper management and, like, engineers and stuff. Yeah. And well, then, like, 10% of the population is just labor forces in these, like, work camps, these awful, awful situations. That they don't need to be there for. They just have to be because people right. need you, jobs. you're living in a post-scarcity utopia where everyone can, like, enjoy the fruits of this... Uh, mechanical labor, you know, it's not like there's an energy crisis on planet Kerblam. Right. There's, you know, they're, they're probably solar powered or nuclear powered, whichever, you know, sci-fi, whatever they want to do. Yeah. But like, there's no issues with like the, the product, the means of production. You don't need labor anymore. Right. And so, I mean, I think like this is where it falls apart and is like <laughs> a terrible argument because they shouldn't need capitalism. Like, they shouldn't need to have jobs. But, yeah, like, for some reason... why are you trying reason... to work to afford th these, like, sh boxes that can teleport anywhere in the world instantaneously? Right. Why are why you don't... working then? Exactly. Why are you guys not just constantly space traveling? Like, I don't know. It's just, oh like... Oh, my it... God. Maybe that was the secret purpose of this entire episode, was just to point out how ridiculous like just to anger me personally capitalism. yeah because a yeah. lot of the doctor who fan base loves this episode because up until the ending it's really solid yeah like it's above and beyond what you know most of the sci-fi related episodes in this season like it's well oh, above Saranga sure. or tooth face or death race yeah you know like we're, oh, we're, yeah. We're well above where we've been. I mean, I will say it's been very, very nice having three episodes in a row that were not written by Chris Chibnall. Oh, my God. It's been such a relief. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so to be fair, like this episode, besides the ending, the dialogue is a lot better. The conflict, the mystery are all like much better. Um, and, you know, of course, the next episode that we'll talk about. There's the no Finders, fucking ticking time bomb. Well, there there is. It just doesn't really appear until well, you know, sort of the last the second. But like that's fine. You know, you gotta have a climax. Yeah. And the tension is mostly driven by you know the mystery, which is right. what we sort of want from Doctor Who. Is exactly. The, the tension is driven by we don't know what's happening and people keep dying. Right. Or disappearing. I mean, I I think that's exactly the Doctor Who formula, and they really strayed from it. <laughs> so it's yeah. it was nice to see it again. Um. Was there anything in this episode that, like, you really liked, even though the ending ruined Almost it? Almost everything. I, I liked everything that the Doctor did in terms of solving the mystery. Like, when, you know, we've got to steal that old robot, because the old robot will know how to access the new robot stuff. And then the, their whole interaction that they have, where the old robot's just trying to, like, market to her. And she's like, no, 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 I don't want to hear all that. Stop marketing. <laughs> I loved the uh, Twirly, the the old robot. Yeah, Space Twir Alexa. Twirly's adorable. Space Alexa is amazing, and I love him. I want my <laughs> own. And uh, you know, Graham had his you know buddy buddy relationship with the the terrorist. The 
<laughs> the terrorist. But, you know, like, that was really, you know, um, enjoyable to watch uh, from that point. Um, they brought back uh, Ryan's uh, disability where he he doesn't have good balance. Yeah. Which was a weird thing to bring back when we haven't talked about it for <laughs> six episodes. Right. And I feel like they didn't even really do that much with it. No, they just put him on, like, the ride from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Ryan's whole thing. Where he's like, yeah, I worked in a warehouse, too. Like, I'm used to it. Like, it felt like they were trying to sort of give him, like, a moment class to shine. Well, class issues, I guess. But, like, it seems like they were trying to give him a moment to shine. But, like... <laughs> In the same way that, his, like, his Donna... His moments are pretty dull. Exactly. Like, in, in the same way that they would be like, Donna's great because she's good at typing. Watch her type so fast. You know? <laughs> because she knows to check the medical records All right. of the it, employees. It felt very much like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel that. And, you know, I never liked that about Donna's character because what made Donna interesting was that she was a very uh, empathetic person. She could sympathize with a, a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And Ryan's benefit is is typically that he's, you know, um, I, I mean, I, he's not a super well-defined character. Not, not at as well all. As Donna, but he feels like Harry Potter movie Ron Weasley. Like He's if, very Ron Weasley, yeah. Like, specifically the movies, not the books. For those of you who will harp about that. Um, but, like, he's just so extraneous in so many moments. And it's just sort of there to, like, crack a joke or, like, look surprised. At least that's how I'm yeah. feeling his character He doesn't really right contribute to the plot. Like, Graham is, like, the guy who can, like, charm people. Right. Graham is charming. He's got emotional depth and, like, years of wisdom um, Yaz is pretty serious and like serious, you know, down to business, gets shit done. She's a policewoman. Yeah. And um, Ryan's more like comic relief, like jokey joke, right? But he's not that as much as you know other Doctor Who characters have been. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah, it is interesting to try and like figure out what their roles are. Yeah, I'm still. When I'm, they're so undefined. I I feel like Yaz and Graham, we've got. I'm just so Yeah, unsure. but, like, even Yaz, like, Yaz will often do silly, jokey things, like kick an alien down the, you know, down a hallway. Well, or... right, that's why I'm saying I feel like Ryan is, like, this kind of extraneous character. And, like, yeah. you know, I don't think it's his fault. It's the writers aren't no. giving him anything to do. Like, I'd like to right. get to know him and see what he's got to offer just no one's giving him anything to offer right i think that they figured like well we don't have to worry about him because he's got so much stuff going on he's got a dead mom and a dead grandma and a an absentee father, father. and a weird relationship with his grandpa like but then they're not doing anything with that like yeah that's what i'm saying like they just assumed that all that stuff would kind of write itself but it doesn't yeah um, but as far as like the doctor goes, I had a lot less homeless woman in this one. Yes, very um, much. A lot less talking to the air. Her speeches all were very direct and like relevant yeah. to the plot. Though I, I don't know, her first speech to like the pinstripey businessman manager who came down there, I was like, mm, 
he'd fire you. Like, he doesn't know who you are. <laughs> right. I don't know. I Like, it was a fine speech, but I was just like, I'm not sure how you're getting away with this. Um, there were a couple weird plot things. Like, it's very weird that we went through this whole scenario of, like, sliding down the trash chute. Yeah. Um, only to then have the doctor teleport down. I know. Like, if you could just do that. <laughs> just do it. I did kind of enjoy that, like, irony a little bit. Like, I don't know. I didn't hate it. Um, I don't know if it was really, like, lampshaded or anything. I think it, it, it doesn't, it wasn't really, like, pointed out. It was just kind of this thing that was left unexamined. I think that, I think you're right. I think if, if the doctor had made, like, a quippy remark to them or something about it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you could have really done it funny where, like, he just runs off. He's like, I know what to do. And then the doctor's just yelling after him, like, or we could just teleport down. I have a magic <laughs> screwdriver that does anything the plot says. Yep. Come on. <laughs> um, this one was like 0% educational. Um, that's true. Um, but very, you know, political messaging. But and terrible. the political message that they had is so bad. So oh my god. So Can we talk bad. more about that? Like... Just this concept of, like, the, this this leftist terrorist. Well, and then, like, the freaking moral at the end is that she's like, and we'll fire all the robots and only have people. Or, like, majority... Is that what she said? Or just that they would hire more people? Or that they would be, like, majority people or something. But oh, it's right. like, Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that's not what the answer is. The answer is... I mean, if they're your... living in a capitalist system and there's other companies in the, on the planet other than Kerblam, then, like, how are you supposed to compete with them if your costs are 50% higher than theirs? Right. So, like, I don't know. There's that. It doesn't make sense if you're living in this ultimate capitalist dystopia. Um, right. But, like... Also, it doesn't make sense because you're like, okay, we'll just listen to the terrorist we just defeated. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it what are you talking about? But like, I mean, the terrorist, yeah, he's. And like, also, if you're admitting that that guy version has of like points. of like a conservative form of of socialism, wherein he's like, you need to employ more people, so I need you all to distrust robots. So yeah. I'm going to kill a bunch of people so that more people will have to work, but it doesn't really destroy capitalism in any way. Right. So, like, okay, so the doctor's only qualm with anything on this entire planet that needs fixing is that there's one guy who wants to kill a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not really addressing the systemic issues at play here. I mean, but when has Doctor Who really done that? It almost always does. Really? Are you, are you kidding? Like, I mean, let's take it back to Gridlock, your favorite episode of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Gridlock is about, you know, stopping those systems that are keeping all the cars in place. Okay, that's like, true. Like, that was what you were saying, is, like, if that episode's about systems and not just about, like, pollution bad, uh -huh. then it's about reversing those systems and turning them on their head. All right, yeah, and I guess, you know, like, thinking about, like, the Ood and stuff like that, like... The Ood is the perfect comparison for this episode. I just imagine that if this writer had written the Ood two-parter, it would have ended with, like, yeah, you're right, 
we should give all the ood minimum wage and then right. it would just move on. <laughs> oh my god. As long as the ood have minimum wage, there's no problem. Even though we enslaved them and forced them to be our servants and removed their connection to a beautiful hive mind empathy orb. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that episode was a freaking mess. (laughs) What, the ood episode? No, no, not the ood episode. This one. This one. Yeah. I I really liked that... um, the, the way that we kill the bad guy because in Doctor Who we still it still feels like we kill the bad guy a lot even though the doctor is supposed to be against killing no 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 uh, the doctor is just against guns the doctor says again in this episode no guns the doctor continues to love bombs though yeah because she just like you know she she magically reprograms all of the robots to just like teleport right where they are yeah which Okay, great. You've solved the problem, right? Yeah. Like, okay, they didn't go out to people and kill all of them. But then she, for whatever reason, says, all right, now all of you open the box and blow yourselves up. Why? I I mean, I guess to destroy the bombs also. That's... I mean, you're not, you're not even going to attempt to defuse them or anything? I mean, the doctor loves bombs, David. You said it yourself. She just likes blowing shit up. <laughs> well, also, she has the freaking teleport. And, like, it took them a thousand years to, like, yell to the bad guy, No, come out. You don't have to die. Yeah, where is he going? That's my question. I have no fucking clue. He's just running into the middle. <laughs> He's, like, trying to run away from the doctor. But there's no exit, literally, <laughs> down here. Because it's not designed to have people down here. Mm-mm. So he's just, like, running, like, <laughs> into a dead end. His plan makes zero sense. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I better get out of here. I guess I'll just run into this open warehouse that's like a million feet long where there's not even a door at the other end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, come back. We, I don't want to kill you. And then he just dies anyway. And he just dies anyway. Yeah, it's so dumb. Um, she definitely could have teleported in there and just like grabbed him against his will. Also. Yeah, like... She's really not invested in saving people from blowing up, especially when she's the one who detonates the bombs. I know. She loves bombs. I I just also hate that this, like, criticism of Amazon is that it's taking jobs away from people and not that it's Not that it's horribly horrible. treating its employees. Not to mention, like, becoming, like, the world's creepiest, most insane monopoly. Like... I, Absolutely. I don't even know. <laughs> don't let them come to New York, guys. <laughs> They're already there. They were going to come there regardless. No. Anyway, All right, but let's let's bring the joy in, you know, like I enjoyed the joy the of glam, Alan but, Cummings, but Alan Cumming, holy shit. Oh, my can God. He just be the can he just be like the new companion yes. or the new doctor or the yes. master or something? Something. He's such can he be a in delight. every episode forever. Oh, my God. I know he's probably got other projects like he's probably on, you know, 
on stage or doing Broadway somewhere. Yeah, or... being amazing in every possible way. Oh, you know what? You know what it makes me want to rewatch again. Um, what? Son of the Mask, the awful, terrible movie, but he's the best part of it. I've never seen it. Oh, it's the sequel to The Mask without Jim Carrey. I've also it. never it's, seen uh, it. Terrible. It's beyond terrible. But Alan Cumming is is lovely. He lights up any scene that he is in. He was the. I literally in my notes I wrote Alan Cummings is a joy. <laughs> He's such a joy. I like honestly. Um, I, it's hard to say anything else about the episode besides just gushing about Alan Cumming, who plays. King James, King the something, James, the first. and he's a, a, a witch hunter supervisor guy, and he's racist because he loves his little Nubian prince, and he's a little, just a little flaming. He, and I mean, he's very gay. He's the gayest king. <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely among the, the gay kings. There's a lot of gay kings. Yeah, but I think, I, I could be wrong, but I believe that... He's the one who, like, had a boyfriend and, like, kept promoting him. <laughs> well, they, he, he captured that very well. Um, also, I was just so excited because, you know, when I, when I heard that there was going to be a female doctor, I was thinking about, like, what about Doctor Who has made you know, having a male doctor seems so natural and unchangeable. And, and part of it is time travel, right? Yeah. Like the doctor as a white man who, which is all he has ever been, can mm-hmm. go to literally any time in history uh, on, on planet earth and have authority and pretty much. Yeah. Have authority. Yeah. I, I think this episode does a, a kind of interesting job exploring the fact that, like, now that the Doctor is a woman, she's treated differently going back in time. But I, I just don't know if it was actually really making any big point. What do you mean? Oh, well, I don't know. Like, she's being disregarded by, like, James. But, like, I don't know. Like, of course she, she is. No, I think there was, like an incredible depth to the the message that they were sending about women in history. And the idea was basically that if you're a woman in history, you are, you know, taking it from all sides, so to speak. Um, there's the, there's this persecution from, you know, the, the people in who, you know, who are higher class, who are, you know, able to say like to this poor wretch of a woman like you're a witch we should just murder you to see if you're a witch and then likewise if you are in the inner circle and and are an authority figure you're constrained by that and you have to hide who you truly are and hide any deformities or you know problems that you're having like illness and then if you are a time traveling doctor from the future and you're not used to being a woman, you have to actually confront the idea that you don't have any power in, in this society. All right. I think that's, that's a fair assessment. Um, I did think it was actually like interesting watching the doctor have to kind of like 
struggle a little bit to get anything done, which I think has been kind of missing from previous episodes. Um, Yeah, there was definitely, like, a lot of actual conflict and changing of stakes in this episode. Yeah. We go from, you know we need to stop these witch hunts from happening because they're killing innocent people to, okay, no, there's some mud things trying to murder everybody to, okay, no, I think now they're trying to kill the doctor <laughs> to, okay, no, everyone is being invaded by mud men yeah. from space. Evil mud men from space. Uh, what did you think of the evil mud men from space? Okay, they're weak as, as all hell. Yeah. I mean, they're... They're a dumb, idiotic presence. We just want to destroy everything, and we want to possess the king so we can destroy everything. And we're well, also, just evil why were they from space. imprisoned on Earth for war crimes? Like whatever. Why would you pick Earth? That's just yeah. like a weird. Use Mars. Just plant a tree on Mars. No one's gonna bother. Exactly. It. Somewhere that's dead or has evil water that'll kill them. Right. Yeah, Waters of Mars ref. Um, Yeah, the tree I thought was kind of silly, but hey, you know, it's foreshadowed. You know, we see see earlier in the episode that there's a tree and it's a spooky tree and it was dug up and that, you know, part of it was used to make this dunker machine and then it shocks the lady. And then we find out, oh, yeah, the tree was evil. or good space technology for trapping evil monsters. Yeah. So that was set up. Um, I don't know how I feel about the, like, (laughs) burning the tree made toxic smoke that hurt the aliens. Whatever. That that is one of those moments where I go, like, it's Doctor Who, you know? You buy whatever it is, at least it's a conflict, at least it's a climax to the episode that isn't just, like, press a button and blow everyone up, you know? You actually yeah. have to do something. You got to chase the the guys out. Yeah. And then you know it leads to the the big finale, which is um, King James like saying, yelling, "Burn the witch!" while stabbing somebody who could have been saved, mm-hmm. which I I really like. You know, yeah. It's, it's it feels very like Russell T. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but just like the idea of this. Um, semi-antagonist, like, side antagonist killing the main antagonist when the Doctor is, like, this close to saving them. Yep. Um, which is, you know, that, there's something very powerful to that, and it's a little, you know, a little tragic, but not too tragic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's not, like, melodramatic, but it's yeah. it's sad. So I will say that this is my favorite episode of, of, the, of the season. I would, um, I would maybe agree with that. Yeah, I think, you know, as compared to Demons of the Punjab, which I, I also really enjoyed, this one at least had themes. It was a it was about something, and it had character moments for the Doctor, which I really appreciated, and it had... Everyone had a little task to do. Yeah. And, and then it had real stakes and... And a real emotional, like, fallout. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think, like, like any, everything that I just brought up were sort of, like, my nitpicks for the episode. Everything oh, else... Oh, I have more nitpicks. Oh, you do? Did, were you all out of nitpicks? Mostly it was just, like, the aliens are dumb and that I don't buy the smoke thing. Um, sure. 
but well, like yeah. My big issue with this one was the visuals, which oh. were the worst I have seen this season as far as editing and really? shot composition. I liked it. Oh wow! Okay. Do you remember that there was a scene where it's just Ryan and King James like talking to each other? Yeah. And it's literally just close-up shot and then shot reverse shot for the entire scene with no variation. Mm. And they're just talking to one another. And every time they finish talking, it cuts to the other one in the exact same shot. Mm. That's bad editing. That is bad. It's bad. Because that's the exact same thing that I, I dinged the Rosa Parks episode for. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was even worse here. Um, like, maybe I just wasn't paying that much attention in Rosa, but in this one, I, I was like, this is so frustrating to look at. Just pick That's another so shot. Show me where we exist in space. That's so interesting, because I really, I, I, like, I thought, I don't know, I liked it. I thought there were some interesting shots. and. But did you not notice, like... You know, shit like the doctor just escaping from the chains. It all, like, takes place off screen and is very uninteresting to watch. And when she re-enters the screen, it's not, like, a big surprise That's moment. That's true. She just kind of, like, stumbles wanders out. into shot. Um, stumbles out of the lake. Yeah, I, oh, man. And there was just, like, so many scenes that felt like they just kind of ended. And then another one would just start. There was no real like transition. Okay, there I would agree with that. There was never a scene with simultaneous action that yeah. you would expect in in a show like this. Yeah. You know, it, it's just bad editing. That's a, <laughs> it's interesting that I didn't catch it on this one. It must. This is what I was saying, but I think earlier in the season, where I was like, "Your show has to be really bad that I start noticing like how right. bad the directing is." Because, um, yeah. like, this episode was written so well that I, like, didn't even notice that it was poorly directed. Yeah, I think I'm the opposite, where, like, if your show is bad, like, you stop I, I don't giving care about shit. the visuals that much, I'm going to focus more on the badness of the writing. Uh-huh. Whereas if your writing is really good, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up on Other these, stuff. like, things that are not supporting the writing, which is, mm-hmm. which is up to par. Yeah. This is par. This should be the average Doctor Who episode this season, and somehow it's the best. Yeah, I I, I would compare it to, like, um, Vampires of Venice in season five, which I really really? liked. Um, Or maybe I would even compare it to, um, in season seven, um, A Town Called Silence, which is another episode that takes place in the past that has really strong theming. Maybe kind of a ridiculous, like, bad guy, but... It, it, you know, it follows through on the themes that it brings forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good comp. Um, so, yeah, I think overall I enjoyed these two episodes. I, I, I agree with you that episode eight um, was probably yeah. the best the season has had so far. I, I mean, I really, really think that Chris Chibnall is so bad that he just <laughs> elevates the other writers. Like, probably like, you know, people have said things like, you know, Chris Chibnall, he's a good showrunner, but a bad writer. And I'm like, no, he's a bad showrunner and a bad writer, but he's so bad that even mediocre writers look amazing under his writing. Yep. Yep. It's just like generous by comparison. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, you know, I have a conspiracy theory that Chris Chibnall, like, looked at the script for Kerblam and was like, and it and it originally ended with, like, the system is the problem and we have to destroy the system. Uh-huh. But then he looked at it and he was like, no, that's cliche. And then he was like, what if you made the bad guy like a terrorist who wants to kill everybody? Oh, my God. That's my theory, because, like, it, the episode is just not congruous with that ending. With that ending. Like, they don't match. Yeah. Also, the the doctor literally says, like, the, the system has a conscience. Oh, my God. And that conscience is, like, is, is shown by the fact that they murder an innocent woman to teach him a lesson. I know. <laughs> what? Why? Who? Why? Twisty, how could you? Or Twirly, how could you? I trusted you, Twirly. You betrayed me. Um, hopefully the last two episodes of the season won't betray us. Ugh. Yeah, I just, I never thought of, I just never thought of Doctor Who as being like a really conservative show. No. Like, very liberal centrist show. Yeah. But this season it kind of is. They're like, I don't like Donald Trump because I like sensible global warming policy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not because I oppose fascism or anything or you his know. ruthless capitalistic tendencies, but just because I want to protect the environment. Well, and he kills spiders. Oh, no, and he likes guns. This is just, like, centrist liberal bullshit. Yeah. It's... Oh, man. Sorry to any of our, you know... More conservative fans. Any of our centrist, you know, apolitical fans out there, but... Sorry, there's Nazis around. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Like, okay, let's protect Amazon from all the hate that they're getting, because Amazon's fine. It's just the, like whiny liberals who want to blow up capitalism and like murder people yeah they're the real problem they're the real problem amazon's fine yeah uh all right well the last two episodes one is written by not chris chibnall and the other one is so we'll freaking see i guess yeah I'm so nervous. Like, I'm really hoping that we'll get at least one more good episode in before Chris Chibnall destroys us. I think we will. Destroys I, think, us. I think next episode is going to be, like, a change of pace, but, like, a good change of pace. Like, something, you know, really, like, small or quiet or, or something. You know, the way that we always have in, like, the second to last episode of a season. Yeah. You know, like, the Craig episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be something like that, where it's just, like you know, a different kind of Doctor Who. And then the last episode will be, like, the big finale with where Toothface comes back and it'll be really big and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If Toothface comes back, I don't even know what I'll do. I won't believe it. I'll clap. I'll, I'll cheer. I'll the... be like, yay! We can all cosplay as Toothface for Halloween. <laughs> Next year. Uh, there is also a not Christmas special, but New Year's special? Because I, I guess they ran out of ideas for Christmas. It doesn't have a, like, title yet. Jodie Whittaker wears a scarf. Woohoo! Yeah, I guess that's it. Do you want to do an outro? Yeah.
Well, that's the the end of this episode. I guess next time you're going to have to get some more Doctor Who because we're going to finish off the season next week. Kablam! Kablam! Bye, guys. Kablam.